Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hey, everybody, it's Laura, and we're on chapter four. And I want to tell you, we're here to disrupt materialism about what book clubs are. You don't even need to read in a, a book to be in a book club, okay? You could just listen. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you this because we're at chapter four, and I know some people got stuck at chapter two. And I want to say to you that this book has so much treasure in it that even reading one chapter or listening to one podcast episode, though you should definitely listen to all my podcast episodes, will touch you in a deep way. So even if you're just opening the book and doing what I call, or what Tess Parker, who I interviewed on this podcast in season five, calls bibliomancy, you just open the book and find your fortune in there. Whatever page you open to is going to have a gift for you. That is true because we're all at different stages on our journey and we all have big fool lives. So if you're following along and reading along with me, awesome. If you're just listening, awesome. If you're practicing bibliomancy, awesome. Whatever you're doing is brilliant and I appreciate you listening. So we're going to go into chapter four today. It's a super short chapter. Chapter five is also short. Chapter six, hold on to your horses. Maybe you just want to listen to that one. That's going to be a big long one, but this one is one of my favorite chapters because it addresses practical things like patience and anger. So let's talk about some of the themes in this chapter, and this will be a pretty short podcast. I'll give you some exercises at the end around things like patience and anger, and uh, I'd really love to hear from you. Please send me pictures of yourself reading the book. Please, oh my gosh, someone sent me a beautiful poem. Robert sent me a beautiful poem that he wrote about the seed meditation. Send me your reflections and pictures and whatever else you want to send, and I will share them on this podcast. So themes in this chapter are ordering our feelings, thoughts, and moods, so order, and also self-knowledge. And I want to say this is not a chapter about denying your feelings. It's about being able to manage them. And again, this is why I think this is the perfect essential book for our time. Because as humans, we are looking more closely into trauma right now when we're trying to understand how to manage our emotions in a different way and our triggers. And the longest quote I'm going to read on this episode has to do with that and with listening. And, you know, Steiner's all over it. He also addresses prejudice um, and discrimination in this chapter. And I hope you'll enjoy that too. Here's an opening Quote, we achieve such a regular structure of soul and spirit, and thereby higher knowledge too, when we order our feelings, thoughts, and moods, just as nature orders our bodily functions, enabling us to see, hear, digest, breathe, speak, and so forth. Without such a training, our soul and spirit remain unstructured masses. This reminds me of like a jellyfish, right? So if we don't order our moods and thoughts, we're just kind of like 
a blob um, of things floating around. I definitely feel like a blob of things floating around sometimes. But when we learn to train our moods and feelings and thoughts, then we we get the structure that allows for higher perception. And I'm sure some of you have experienced this. Uh, And I hope you'll keep writing to me as you've done and send me all your amazing observations and the things you're thinking about. And of course, a picture of yourself with your book. I would love that. Or your headset on. Here's another uh, sentence on order. The order we create in this way gradually enables us to breathe and see with the soul and to hear, speak, with the spirit. So he's saying he's again he's using this body. He's talking about how we breathe and we see with our eyes. We 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 breathe with our lungs, but he's saying we're going to be able to breathe and see with the soul because we've created these organs within us to be able to do that through this. So then he goes right into impatience, which is annoying. <laughs> because oh my goodness, there's so much for me to work on here. Um, and he's really strong about impatience. And he's kind of talking about impatience uh, on the spiritual path, but I'm taking it as impatience with anything. So every stirring of impatience paralyzes, even destroys the higher latent faculty within us. Really? Oh my goodness. I'm so not going to make it. <laughs> So every stirring of impatience paralyzes, even destroys the higher latent faculty within us. And I love this bit about not fighting impatience in an ordinary way because that'll only strengthen it. That's what he talks about next. He says, we have to have a mantra, a single thought when impatience rises up in us. I think this is very practical. And then he gives us uh, this mantra, a single thought. And it has to do with impatience. But I think, honestly, it would be nice if we each came up, this is your exercise, with your impatience mantra. What are you going to say to yourself? So something like, all in right time, or present be me, or something like that. I I could really use yours. So please send them to me. Um, I could use, I could use one for sure. I think all families can. Um, all of us right now on the planet. And so he, again, is giving us a very clear directive to use a single thought, not like, oh, I shouldn't be impatient anymore. I wish I weren't in so, I wish I weren't so impatient. And oh, there I did it again. No, that's like the ordinary way of combating this kind of mood. Instead, come up with a mantra. And he's going to use that again later in the chapter. So he says, if we can do this, the result is that we will have an outward signature on us. Do you know these very patient people? There's some like early childhood teachers that I've met that are very patient like this. And it's, he says, our gaze becomes calm, our eyes steady, our movements confident, our decisions definite. Ah, oh, that sounds so nice, doesn't it? And here's um, a most poignant quote for me. We must always bear in mind that esoteric learning does not occur through great outer events, but through quiet, subtle inner changes in our lives of thought and feeling. 
That's great, isn't it? It's not like um, some big thing is going to happen in the movies. Like we walk into another portal and then we're seers or something crazy like that. It's just these quiet, subtle interchanges in our lives of thought and feeling. Have you had that happen? I bet you have. I bet there's been a shift. If you're doing these exercises, you will definitely experience a shift. I know I have. Um, at different points in my life, some stronger than others. And it's absolutely incredible. And I can go back to those feelings and those shifts when I feel out of alignment and try and remember like, oh, remember I felt that? Remember when I was meditating every day and then everything just changed and shimmered a little for me in nature? Or I was tuned into what was happening in a room and could feel the thoughts and words that needed to come through me very, very clearly. So it does happen. So patient, patience bears fruit on this path and in life, as do these other disciplines So that he's going to talk about. So here we go. We have to have courage. He's always telling us to have courage. Isn't he so nice? He's like, have courage. Like, who has courage? The lion in The Wizard of Oz. So let's, let's be the lions. Page 86, we must look our own mistakes, weaknesses, and shortcomings in the eye with inner truthfulness. Each time we find an excuse for a weakness, we place an obstacle before us on our upward path. So, blech, time to take responsibility, but yes, let's do it. We can do it. So when I catch myself having a negative thought or thinking something negative about somebody that I need to be truthful with myself. Like how much of the time am I doing that? I, I really kind of noticed that my gratitude, my level of gratitude has not been where it should be. So I'm working on that so hard. I have this like, before I go to bed in the morning, which I already told you about, you know, I'm just like pulling myself together and noticing everything I have to be grateful for. And that just changes my perception throughout the day. Okay. Now he gets into this really mysterious and beautiful section about wishes. And he says, we shouldn't be without wishes or desires. Did you guys read this part? He says, when we've educated ourselves in this way, our wishes will always find fulfillment if a special kind of force lies behind them. That's on page 87. I think you should read this section again or read it. It's really, really mysterious. He says that there's a golden rule. Do not aspire to something until you know what is right in a given domain. So you might think that you should have a certain house or be a leader in this area. And I'm kind of making this example up. These are kind of ambition examples, perhaps. But actually, there's a deeper calling that's closer to you or related to your right what's surrounding you, not something outside of you. It might have to do with your family or it might have to do with a very small task in your neighborhood. It might have nothing to do with a certain house or trying to get a certain house or get uh, you tell I'm obsessed with houses right now or a job or uh, whatever it is. So if your wishes, remember, if your wishes 
have this a certain kind of understanding that they're in the right domain, they'll find fulfillment and there'll be a special kind of force behind them. Do you know what that's like? I'd love to hear from you if you know what that's like. Okay, we have to learn to wish and learn to learn without ulterior motives. So like some kind of really, mm, I don't know, like kind of golden quality to it, like selfless or true in a way. All right, folks, here we go with anger. Anybody angry? Anybody been angry in the past few years? <laughs> uh, I know. Um, Tiffany was, and many people said this to me about politics. Um, thanks for sharing. When people share with me the times they've been angry and how they've worked on that, I really appreciate it. So whenever I'm angry or irritated, begins the quote, I build a wall around me in the soul world and the forces that should develop the eyes of my soul cannot approach me. The forces that should develop the eyes of my soul cannot approach me. Dang. Do you feel that? Have you felt that? Like that anger? And then it kind of like closes you or me. It closes me in myself and I can't see outside myself. So I feel that. I feel like I know what he's talking about. So you are going to develop an inner eye for your soul that you cannot if you're still angry. So... um what does that mean for you personally? I want to know how you've worked through anger, or how you've dealt with it, how you've changed it. So I need a patience mantra, folks. <laughs> Give me a patience mantra. And then also, um, if you have worked through anger, if you've learned to manage it, he's not saying don't have it, but he does say, and he talks about like these capacities of clairvoyance or clairaudience, which seeing and hearing beyond the physical sen senses, they're like tender young shoots, he calls them. And he says we have to be careful to cultivate them and tend them and not have these other forces like anger and impatience come in like a big boot and squash them. Because when those forces come in, I don't know, I feel squashed by those forces myself. And so I can imagine my clairvoyant and clairaudient capacities get pretty quickly squashed by them too. We need to just talk about clairvoyance and clairaudience and your experiences with that too. So send, send me things. Okay. And then, and then I love this. Rudolf Steiner is a product of his time, right? He was kind of isolated on his continent. I mean, he did travel his continent, but he didn't go to the US. He didn't go to Africa. He didn't go to Asia as far as I know. And, you know, I think back to that time and like my parents would not have met. My dad's from Syria. My mom's from, you know, New York State. And they, they never would have met because people couldn't even get to each other. So people did not see each other from other religions, other cultures, other races. But he brings this up. And I think this is really forward thinking. So here it is. Boom. Rudolf Steiner. In addition to anger and irritation, we must also struggle against other traits, listen to these, such as fearfulness, superstition, prejudice, vanity, emotion, curiosity, the urge to gossip, oh, that was supposed to be ambition, curiosity, the urge to gossip, and the tendency to discriminate on the basis of such other characteristics as social status, gender, race, and so on. I'm like really happy he said this. And then he keeps going. He says, even in ordinary life, fear of things 
prevents us from seeing them properly. In this sense, racial prejudice prevents us from seeing into the human soul. And that is true. Layers of prejudice of any kind prevent us from seeing the human before us. We know that because when you are thinking and you're judging, your eyes are turned on yourself. You cannot see who is in front of you. And the eyes of your soul, same thing. Your heart closed off. And so he's talking about this. We can't get to the essence of the person if we are doing these things. Now, this gossip one is really interesting. I think he brings it up later. So if you're a person that likes gossip or likes to gossip, look out. He's going to give you a correction on this. And I think we know what it feels like to gossip and it does not feel good. And it's one of these things that will um, mess with our, our progress on the spiritual path. All right, I'm going to read a really long quote now because it's about gentleness. Bless, as people say. People say bless, and I say bless on this one. Seriously, we all need this right now. It's a long one, but here it goes, page 89 and 90. It's about people with other points of view and how we meet them. And I'm hoping that I can... (laughs) Read it. I should read it out of the book because I have typos in my. Do you hear me flipping through my book? I have typos in it. So let's see if I can find it in here. And I have it underlined. I might have to take pictures of this page because it's ridiculous. Okay, here we go. If someone says something to me that I must respond to, I must make an effort to pay more attention to the other person's beliefs, feelings, and even prejudices than to anything I myself might add to the conversation at that moment. In other words, if one is on an occult path, one must dedicate oneself conscientiously to schooling an impeccable sense of tact or delicacy. We must learn to gauge the significance for another person of having his or her opinion contradicted by ours. This does not mean, get astray people, this does not mean that we should hold back our opinions. There is no question of that. But we should listen to the other person as carefully as possible and formulate our response on the basis of what we have heard. Once again, it is a question of a single thought arising in us when we are in such situations. We know that we are on the right path when this thought lives within us so strongly that it becomes part of our character. This thought is, it does not matter if what I think differs from what the other person thinks. What matters is that as a result of what I can contribute to the conversation, the other discovers what is right out of themselves. Permeating ourselves with thoughts of this kind seals our character and conduct with the mark of gentleness. Such gentleness is one of the main methods of esoteric schooling. Gentleness removes obstacles, opening our soul and spirit organs. But harshness, callousness, frightens away the soul forms that should awaken the eyes of the soul Wow. Is that blowing your mind? I mean, it's so 
beautiful gentleness. Oh my goodness, what's that song? Tenderness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just something gentleness. Mm-hmm. I love this so much. And I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to type it up and print it and hang it on my a wall at work or at home, or maybe I'll just get it tattooed like all down my arm. <laughs> um, it would be a really long tattoo, but maybe I could just get one word like gentleness and just get it like from my wrist to the tip of my thumb. What do you guys think of that? Should I get a tattoo? That's really what this podcast is asking. I'm just joking, but here's the most poignant quote to ponder, one of them. Patient gentleness and stillness open the soul to the world of souls and our spirit to the country of spirits. So we just prepare and wait and we build these capacity. And if this all seems challenging, have heart and keep this quote in mind. This is a really funny quote, I think, because it's he's just working with irony here. It is in a certain sense easier to take the first step on this path than it is to cope with the most mundane problems of daily life without the help of esoteric training. So let's sum it up. We're at the end of this chapter, page 94. Here's a really beautiful, beautiful image. And before I read that, I just want to remind you, here are your exercises again. The patience mantra, give me some gentleness, talk talk to me about anger. If you're struggling, try bibliomancy. And We'll close with this quote, and I'll see you next time for chapter five, Requirements for Esoteric Training. It's another really quick chapter and includes health, gratitude, and unshakable endurance. Last quote of the podcast. Then suddenly, as we sit in silent meditation in our room, we find ourselves surrounded by spiritual light. The walls disappear and become transparent to the soul. A new world spreads out before our eyes, which now see, sounding forth for the ears of our spirit, which now hear. (sighs) Well, may you be in a silent meditation room surrounded by spiritual light this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for posting and talking to me. I love hearing from you. Don't give up. Just listen. Just bibliomance. Just do what you need to do to come through this book with me over the next several weeks. And I'll see you next time. Bye.